I'm Kylie, founder of Akanel Expeditions, the best adventure travel company that you've never heard of. This is a 35,000 feet podcast where we interview interesting people doing interesting things in interesting places. From the next big CEO to coaches of your favorite teams to everyone in between, we've got stories to tell. Let's jump in. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. It's Dakota, and today I'm sitting down with Coach Chris Feliciano, coach of the University of New Hampshire women's volleyball team. Thanks, Chris, for joining us today. Hey, how you doing? How's everyone going? Doing great. I'd love to just dive right in. So uh, going back to this past season, tell us about the highs and lows that you had with your team. Well, I think uh, every season and any time, uh, I think every season is its own journey, but any time a new coach comes into a, into a program, um, it definitely is, uh, it definitely has a, a bunch of highs and a bunch of lows. But the thing that for me that stands out the most is just the perseverance of our program, the perseverance of our seniors, um, how we work together uh, to bring back, um, you know, a level of competitiveness um, to New Hampshire volleyball. Um, you know, so the seniors welcomed me with open arms and we were able to, we were able to really have a great competitive year, which ended in, you know, in a postseason bid to the NIVC and everyone should be proud of, of the efforts that they put forward uh, to make our season successful. And that starts from the players to the coaching staff, to administration, to our support staff. Um, everyone had a hand in our success last year. Um, and that's what really stands out to me about the 2019 campaign. Awesome. Is a, are there any uh, challenges you have with being a first-year coach? Well, uh, first-year coach in New Hampshire, you know, mm-hmm. I, I play more of an up-tempo system, uh, both offensively and defensively. So, you know, the biggest challenge was trying to get, you know, 14 athletes, you know, to come together quickly, um, to, you know, operate under the same umbrella and what we were trying to accomplish. Um, you know, we had seven athletes in the gym, five in which were seniors that were used to doing things a certain way for three years, you know, and there's an expression of it's not broke, don't fix it. You know, they've experienced a ton of success, you know, a bit to the NCAA tournament, conference championships. Um, so, you know, the biggest challenge was just getting everyone to buy in, but slowly but surely, and, you know, the success, I, I, I believe, speaks for itself. Um, at one point, we were ranked, you know, in the 120s in the RPI in the NCAA, and the highest that, you know, the program has been ranked in its history. You know, so these are things that, while I'm proud of, I'm more proud of our our players for being able to accomplish these great tasks. And more importantly, also my coaching staff for helping us, you know, get over that hump. No, it, it sounds like it's probably pretty hard to, to come into a new program, but um, you guys did well, had a great record this season. So Yeah, we were, you know, we were, we were real fortunate, you know, from day one, when I got there in the spring, everybody was, everyone was hungry. Everybody wanted to go after it and put their best foot forward. Um, you know, the, the University of New Hampshire, you know, it's a, it's a magical place. So you care about the product, you care about the people, you care about, you know, what we're doing. Um, and that's both athletically and academically. So, you know, it, it was definitely a magical time. Awesome. So I guess going into your background, how did you end up in New Hampshire in your coaching career? Well, uh, before I got to New Hampshire, um, I've coached D3. I've been a D2, I've been a D1 uh, second assistant, and then I was a D1 head coach for eight years at Ryder University. Um, you know, we, we had a great year last year at Ryder. We went 19-11, lost in the semifinals of the conference playoffs. Um, and it was just time, you know, it was time for, 
for a new challenge for both, um, you know, myself and my family. Um, and you, UNH gave me an opportunity to, you know, to take on a bigger challenge, a bigger program. Um, it also afforded my wife an opportunity to raise our daughter, um, which she is, uh, right now she's currently staying at home, raising my daughter, Ava, and she's pregnant with our, our second child, uh, Xavier, will be here in July. So, you know, it just everything, everything came together in the right way. And this is the direction that God pointed us in. And, you know, we're very grateful for the opportunities. And, um, you know, it's just been a blessing. Awesome. It's great to hear about that. And congratulations on the, on the kid. Oh, well, man, thank you very much. God is good. God has been real good to us. Mm -hmm. uh, going back to your players, um, you, you touched on this earlier when we were, we were chatting, but how do you develop your players as both uh, people and students, not just uh, athletes? Well, you know, it's interesting because when I was doing my research about UNH, you know, everyone, everyone would tell me that it's a great place, you know, it's a family environment. And when I went on my interview, 45 minutes into my interview, my, my uh, athletic director, uh, Marty Scarano, you know, he wanted to speak to my wife who had came for the interview and was at the hotel, um, you know, just about, you know, about what UNH represented and what UNH stood for. Um, you know, and he actually had her come in and he spoke to her for about 45 minutes about this entire process and about what it looked like. And I was floored by that because the most important thing to me is my family and, you know, and to have a potential employer want to talk about, you know, what it would mean to the family if we, you know, took the job at, at a certain position without having the job yet is tremendous. It shows tremendous values of your, of your boss. And so it's tremendous commitment to, you know, having a particular product and that product is a family oriented, you know, atmosphere. And I believe that the university of New Hampshire, both the coaches, the administration, the professors, the support staff, they all embody that same vision. And that vision, you know, is to change who people are or to enhance who people are by the time they leave after graduating with a four-year degree or a five-year master's program, um, whatever their academic you know, course of study is. And I've been at, you know, I've been at Ryder, I've been at Fordham, I've been at New Jersey City University, and you know, I've never seen anything like it where it's been this way. And you know, it really makes you want to get up in the morning and come to work and give 110%. And you know, I'm sure if you spoke to the other coaches or if you spoke to other administrators, they would tell you the same thing. It would feel the same way. Awesome. That sounds like a great place to be for sure. So it really, it really is just cold. It's just cold sometimes, just cold. but it, it's really nice. It's really nice. Yeah. I'm from New Jersey and originally my family's from Puerto Rico. So we, we've gotten acclimated to the cold weather. It's April and we're supposed to get snow on Saturday, mm -hmm. but I'll trade, listen, I'll, I will trade a little bit longer cold winter for the smiles and you know, the, you know, the, just the, the smiles, the handshakes, the high fives and feeling welcome. You know, my daughter comes to work with me twice a week where she's walking in the hallway and everyone stops and says hello to her. I've got mm -hmm. videos of my boss kicking a ball around with Ava and Ava chasing the ball and laughing, you know, and it's, it's very special. You know what I mean? You're not going to find that in many work in work environments. That's awesome. You can, you can handle the cold, the cold because of that. <laughs> well, you know, you buy a Parker or a North face, you're good to go. Mm -hmm. So with your players, how do you build that like team bonding, team morale with them? Well, we, you, create a, you create a very positive environment where questions are welcomed. Um, you create an environment where the players know that they can come and speak to you if they need anything. You treat them right. You treat them, 
you treat them like you would want your kid to be treated. You know, ever since I've had my daughter, you know, I, I try to, I try to take a step back and I'm not perfect at it, but I try to take a step back and I say, you know, how would I want someone to talk to my daughter in this particular moment? And, you know, more often than not, we hit a home run with the approach. And then also you got to make sure that your support staff um, or your coaching staff, you know, shares the same, shares the same, you know, philosophy and approach. You know, I'm very lucky to have a first assistant by the name of Ashley Tennant, you know, and a graduate assistant by the name of Tiffany, Tiffany Verney. And then even our, athletic trainer heather more uh heather morrison she's everyone shares the same thing we're here for work but we're also here to have a good time we're here to take care of each other we're here to help each other grow as people and obviously here to help each other grow as a team and as players awesome some coaches uh travel with their team uh internationally have you ever done that before i have not traveled with our team yet um that is something that i'm hoping that we get a chance to do within the next couple of years obviously we have to do some fundraising um, and obviously, you know, with the, the COVID-19 crisis going on, we have to be mindful about safety and the health of our players. Um, but that is for sure something that we want to do in the near future. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, but you know what? I, I'm, I'll, I'll say this. Be patient. You know, be patient. Be patient. Be patient. As much as it stinks, as, as, as hard as it is to say, because I'm the first person that will tell you that I'm ready to get back in the gym with my athletes. I'll be the first person to tell you that I love being home with my family, but my responsibility is to work and to make sure my family's provided for. But this is a time that, you know, our country needs to just be patient and be understanding of the circumstances that we're surrounded. You know, the reality of it is, is that we don't have all the facts and all the information. So, you know, everyone take a deep breath, you know, for the people that have it, turn the PlayStation on or the Xbox on or put the cable on and watch, you know, reruns of Sopranos or whatever you may have it, you know, just, you know, just be careful and take care of yourself. You know, I've had, I've had the blessing over the past few weeks to watch my daughter grow. And every coach will tell you, we're always on the road. We're always recruiting. So sometimes our family takes the biggest hit of, you know, uh, of not, of us not being there because we don't get it. We don't get chances to see certain things. So through this crisis, I've actually had the, you know, like I said, you know, I've been blessed to watch my daughter go from saying 20 words to saying 40 words. Yeah. You know, for her every morning wanting mom, for every morning her wanting dad versus mom. Um, <laughs> and I, and I thoroughly enjoy that. And, you know, while I'm excited for us to eventually go back and, you know, get on the recruiting trail and, you know, getting ready to prepare for matches and trying to win a conference championship, in the back of my mind, I'm going to be a little heartbroken that I won't be with my daughter 24-7. So, you know, it's give and take. But, you know, again, the message is just enjoy what you have in front of you right now. Don't be impatient. We are getting what we need, not what we want right now. And we need to just be continuously grateful for what we have. You know, if you have a roof over your head, you have food in your refrigerator, you have your health, you don't need anything else for right now. You know, let's just be patient. We'll wait this out together. We'll do this together. I agree. And that's great advice. We, we definitely need to stay safe and healthy for the sake of everyone else too, and not just Maybe ourselves. So how, how has, uh, I guess, the situation affected recruiting? Because I know right now it's probably recruiting season. We, we're in a dead period from the NCAA, um, and, you know, I'm glad that they put a dead period out there because, you know, unless a coach has told you can't go recruiting, we're going to figure out a way to go. I, you know, everything's been shut down. I, I continuously have conversations with our, our 21 class, you know, and, and, you know, our incoming kids. We have a, actually a Zoom call scheduled um, tomorrow. But, um, you know, it's, it's been tough, you know. But fortunately for us, you know, my staff and I, we – 
we did so much recruiting when we first took over the program that we're actually kind of ahead. So we're not looking to recruit seven kids. You know, we have an uh, incoming class of 10 for this, uh, for 2020 coming in right now. And then we already have a handful of athletes committed for, for 21. Um, but, you know, we just don't, we just can't get out there to go and watch and, you know, see if we find a hidden gem, you know. Um, so it is challenging, but at the same time, it's the right thing to do. I personally was on my way to a tournament in Colorado um, called Colorado Crossroads, uh, right when everything started to get, everything started to get, you know, worse. Um, yeah. And right before I got on the bus to go to the airport, I double checked the website for the, for the tournament. And the night before they had sent out a message that they were still having the tournament. They weren't canceling it. Everyone is still, please come. And then in the morning, literally five minutes before I got on this bus, they had canceled the tournament. And then from that point on, they've canceled every single college, you know, every single like, you know, college combine, every single USAV or JVA tournament. Um, you know, so every, you know, everything is shut down and rightfully so because, you know, it's a scary time right now. Yeah. What is one thing that no one knows about you that you'd like to share? <laughs> um, I'm a pretty open guy. Uh, many people don't know that I am a giant Marvel fan, I guess. Okay. I collect comic, I collect comic books. Um, you know, growing up, uh, I didn't like reading, you know, I had some, some challenges with my education and my mom, who was a social worker was very creative and turned me on to reading Spider-Man comic books. Um, <laughs> You know, and, you know, a thousand comic books later and, you know, 25 different Marvel movies later, I'm still here standing. I'm trying to get, you know, my daughter to, to like some Marvel stuff on Disney Plus. You know, every once in a while we put some stuff on and she'll watch and, you know, she knows who Captain America is. She gets excited. She points to the shield and, you know, <laughs> I, I'm hoping to continue her Marvel education as she gets older and, and my son's education once he, once he <laughs> joins us on this earth. Yeah. Awesome. Who's your uh, favorite superhero? Oh, Spider-Man, without a doubt. Spider-Man. All right. Uh, last question. If you are an athlete wanting to play for a team or university, college level, uh, do you have any advice for them? Uh, find, a, find a coach or a program that best suits your personality and your morals. Too many kids these days with the transfer portal are leaving to go to different schools because they're making decisions uh, you know, in haste. Um, it's important to develop relationships with coaches. Um, and once you find a coach that fits your personality and fits what you want, don't hesitate to commit. If you know it's a fit, it's a fit. And then once you do commit, and this is a, a cardinal sin that some athletes have been committing as of late, got to make sure that you're working twice as hard once you get your scholarship. You want to put yourself in a position to be successful come preseason. A lot of athletes have, unfortunately, will sign their scholarships or commit to a school, and then they'll take it easy. Um, me personally, my athletes that are coming in, they know that they're required to, to meet a certain standard, and that's why we recruited certain athletes to join our program, because that type of work ethic, you know, translates into success into our gym, not only in, you know, in our gym, but also into the classroom. We don't want anyone taking any, we don't want anyone taking any days off. We want everyone on the grind and, you know, getting their hands in the dirt at all times. Awesome. Great advice <laughs> for not just athletes, but for life, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think, you know, athletes that are blessed to play at the Division One level, don't lose sight of the word blessed. You know, you have a responsibility when you're given a gift, you know, and that is to represent that gift at the highest 
moral standard. Um, you know, and you know, the time, you know, the world has changed, times have changed, but I still believe that that component exists. I've seen it in my gym. I've seen it in the athletes that we've recruited to join our gym. And that's one of the things that we're looking for in future wildcats, you know, in the future when we want to bring them, you know, to UNH, we're looking for that component. That's great. Well, thank you for coming on our podcast today. Well, thanks for having me. Yeah, looking forward to next season. What are you most excited about? Well, we've got, uh, like I mentioned before, we've got a whole bunch of new faces coming in. We're going to have a very young team. I think we're going to have 17 athletes, either 19 or younger in our gym. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're, we're truly excited. Um, just for the youth movement, there's going to be some moments of greatness. There's going to be some moments of, you know, go back to the drawing board and try again. Um, our journey is going to be exciting, you know, as long as we stick together and, you know, we champion each other to be great. We pick each other up when things aren't going as, as, as planned. And we just keep our eyes focused on just getting better as athletes and as people. Awesome. Well, good luck for sure, Chris, next year on the season. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. And through this whole situation with recruiting and just, you know, kind of being patient with your players getting practice and training in. Good luck. Well, you know, it's just, you know, listen, it's, it's temporary. At some yep. point, you know, at some point, everything will be all right. I look at my daughter, Ava, and I said to my wife, Emily, earlier today, you know, this is going to be part of her history when she's in sixth grade social studies. They're going to be reading about the COVID crisis and they're going to come to us and we're going to be able to talk about, about that. <laughs> Never in a million years that I think I would say that because it makes me sound like an old man, but you know, <laughs> it's a, it's a, te- it's a temporary thing and mm-hmm. we'll get past it. And, and we'll, I think we'll, I personally believe that we'll be, we'll be better for it. And they're, we're going to realize that some of the things that we took for granted, we shouldn't be taking for granted. And we're going to have a, a deeper appreciation for life once this is all said and done. Yeah, well said. Well, thanks again for letting us get a glimpse into your team, into your life. Um, it was great talking to you. My pleasure. Thanks for listening to the 35,000 Feet Podcast, where we chat with interesting people doing interesting things in interesting places. Do you have a story that you want to share? Visit www.acanela.com slash podcast to share your story and be featured on our next episode of 35,000 Feet.